It's Mark and Pete on the UK general election. You're joking. Not another one? Oh, for God's sake, I can't honestly, I can't stand this. There's too much politics going on at the moment. Why does she need to do it? Hello and welcome to the show. Colourful conversations with Mark and Pete. Yes, each week, clergyman Pete and businessman Mark debate a topical topic. Well, once again, we are now, as a nation in the United Kingdom, going back to the polls. Theresa May has called a snap election for the 8th of June 2017. My goodness. And here with me at the moment is a weary clergyman, Pete, who has been marking exes all over the place. In fact, he loves elections. His exes are now kissing away the nation's fortunes goodbye. Well, clergyman Pete, please explain to me why on earth Theresa May called a snap election. What is it they're not telling us? Well, the unfathomable wisdom of Theresa May has risen to the surface. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting. My reaction, as you were saying, is, yay, another election. I love elections. We are Mark and Pete love to talk about all these machinations and uh, the gameplay of it. Um, the actual results uh, with some of the stupid things politicians do is not always that good, but the, the election itself is good. Uh, poor old Brenda there being uh, uh, interviewed by the BBC yeah. TV uh, presenter. Uh, had, the weary uh, public. Was, was that clip you heard right at the start of the episode. And she said, oh, no, not another one. Well, I understand that reaction because it's uh, not that long ago. It's only two years since the general election, but there was the referendum. Uh, last, last summer and then the council elections along with it. So it, it's it's been there's been a bit of a glut of elections. You wait for an election to come along and then the three come mm. at once. It seems like. Right. And and the reasons behind what well, you see, the reasons behind why Theresa May um, called this election are interesting. And it seems to me that she planned it very methodically. Not that she knew she was definitely going to go ahead with it. I think it depended on the polling. Uh, yes. But that she was planned and ready to go should the polling show that they had a, a large lead. I don't know what her limits were, but with the uh, with the lead of the Tories over their various rivals, Labour being over twenty points, I you know twenty percentage points, uh, that's got to show that this could be a historic landslide. I mean, this you should be looking at this. Look, we can make inroads into the north of England. We might even get a couple of seats in Scotland. This is going to change everything. I mean, mm. it, and, and if I get a big enough majority, I don't have to worry about what a lot of the pesky MPs keep trying to say to me. So, mm. you know, it's a, it's a power grab. Well, indeed. I'm glad you said that. Mm. Well, the, the fact of the matter is that many people are questioning this judgment on a number of points, partly for the fact that it was put to Theresa May last year and indeed this year continually. Will you call a general election, Mrs. May? And continually, she always denied that the time wasn't right. Well, of course, when is ever the time right? Well, of course, it's not so much about the timing. It's more about the trust element. It seems like that she's reneging continually on promises. And I think this is part of the problem. Will she do certain things? Will she do something else? And I think this is where it's getting a little bit weary, not just the fact that we're having elections, but the fact that, well, can we even trust Theresa May? Well, I'm going to sort of um, question this in in a simple little poem, which is called Come what may, or possibly June. (laughs) 
Theresa May just simply might, when others often would, as others did and always do, then perhaps so she should. Will she, won't she, when she decides, depending on the how the vote divides? Can she, can't she ever keep it straight? Well, we will all just have to wait. Should she, shall she, would she show where the hell she's going to go? The devil may care, as she may be the devil, but now is the time to speak on the level. Indecision here is not in dispute, for every quip she will refute. Mrs. May may make a moment's remark, at least to give us some ballpark. Each political answer is more or less. The simple truth is hard to guess. Ballots, Brexit, big boom or bust. Who now can we really trust? Too much tit for tat and tormenting Tory talk. Cut the codswallop and squash the squawk. So who will be elected and take top spot? Of course, Theresa May. Or maybe not. So the question, of course, is, has she made the right call? And the reason I say this is because uh, when we look at, of course, the opposition, many people will think that, yes, Jeremy Corbyn is an easy candidate uh, to to quash into the ground and mm. to cut the Labour's uh, um, number of MPs. And, uh, and then, as you mentioned earlier, to increase her majority. But ironically, um, there are a few worries here in the Tory camp, partly because it's been intimated that the Tories might start to increase taxes. Not a good vote winner, I can assure you. And at the same time, momentum is something that often goes in favour of a candidate. So, for example, um, whilst we know that perhaps politically Jeremy Corbyn is not seen as a great leader, not only just for his own party, but for the nation, it might just open the door for him to actually gain ground. So, you know, this is always going to be a big issue here, is that has she made the right call? Now, at the moment, a lot of the newspapers are saying, well, her... Theresa May is actually um, increasing her, um, her her populist vote. Um, and in fact, uh, current polls, because we know how well polls go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just look at elections around America and uh, many other places in the world. Um, when we actually sort of even consider how polls uh, are judging things, it suggests that she will have a, a, an increased majority. But That was the same situation when David Cameron was prime minister last year going into the referendum. And it looked for for almost certainty that he was going to um, keep Britain in Europe. So let's have a look at why potentially that Theresa May may not win. Now, let's be honest. How many people really want to have their uh, their taxes increased? So that surely that's a that's a vote loser, isn't it? What do you think? I think that that never works with people's understanding. The idea of claiming that the Tories are going to increase taxes might work, but no one really believes that Labour is going to reduce them. So I just don't think that that's a problem for them. I think that the issues uh, with Corbyn are insurmountable. Uh, I think that he, however, even if he's personally popular amongst Labour supporters, which unaccountably uh, he seems to be, the stupidity of his uh, policies and understanding of economics it just means he just does not seem credible as any sort of leader. I mean, I wouldn't have him as treasurer of the local church. I certainly wouldn't have him in charge <laughs> of the country. I mean, he's just um, just has no credibility. I mean, 
someone's pointed out actually another big issue. yeah and so also defense yeah he is i mean from the time that he said i will not press the button i mean there was a lot uh, there's a, Nuclear a lot weapons is what we're talking a about, lot made yeah. of um of uh, may Theresa may saying that she would uh, yeah. If asked, you say, would you uh, use nuclear weapons, you know, press the button? I don't know whether there's a physical button. I think it's I think it's actually a code that you put in. Uh, but if if that is the case, that she said that she will do it, which uh, apparently she did. Of mm. course, you've got to say that. Otherwise, there's no point having them. And he and Corbyn has said that he's never going to. So if you're never going well, to do it, there's no point having them. But is but, it? But uh, what was the, my point of listing those uh, different criteria for judging someone as being uh, not credible was I think you're going back to Michael Foote to find a, a Labour leader who's <laughs> less credible. And yes. Michael Foote, who put his... That was for our international I think uh, in the early 80s, that was. Yeah, so, yes, yeah. uh, just uh, uh, someone with the same sort of views as Jeremy Corbyn and also looking about as polished and professional. <laughs> um, but the difference was Michael Foot was an intelligent guy. He was, um, yeah. uh, you know, respected, uh, respected academically. Uh, Corbyn is none of those things. And I think that it's now they're in a worse position than with Michael. Well, Foot. interesting. You, you say that just to compound the point that uh, disorganized labor is one of the headlines. So on the, in the Times, an interview with the uh, uh, labor insider, Mr. Corbyn's former communications and strategy advisor, Harry Fletcher, said in, in a paper, he said that the Labour leader struggles to cope with the demands of frontline politics, saying the atmosphere in his office is fraught, tense and unhappy. Well, I guess that that may be the case. Yeah. But I think that let's come back to some of the other things that could shape things. So whilst we're talking about the Labour Party, what about the, say, the UKIP? Um, this is where originally, of course, uh, Nigel Farage paved the way for a party to yeah. stand for a particular cause, Brexit. Of course, he's got that. Um, but of course, obviously now, um, you know, do you think that UKIP, is this uh, now given them a, a more of a purpose? Perhaps. Yes, well, I do. I, I think well, now we've got Paul Nutty Nuttall as the uh, yes. as the leader. Um, now he um, has some, you know, has some sort of credibility. He says some reasonable things, but uh, he's not got the big personality of Nigel Farage, and he's not been in place very long. And the the party is in a bit of disarray. Not his fault. Uh, but because of the way that he he was appointed, that you know there were mm. uh, there was someone appointed as leader who then stepped down, and uh, you know he ended up getting the the role in the end. So it was a messy process with uh, people getting into factions of who they supported. Now, yes. uh, th so he's had th those issues, and I think the UK would just have faded into um, uh, faded into the distance. They would not have. Being done very well, being doing very well at the next general election, if it had been in twenty twenty. But now, Europe is still the big topic. That's the yes. that's well, that's, a, that's I, their main. I, I do want to bring this up. It's on. I do want to bring it's this on up. their. It's on their yep. part of the pitch. It's their. Um, that's how Paul Nutter put it. It was in well, their me, ground. Yeah. Let me raise one of the things we mentioned. What they're not telling you. I think that one of the reasons why that Theresa May called the election, and not the only reason, but one of the fundamental reasons, was Donald Tusk. And the reason being is it was predicted, if you think of where we are now, 
Brexit's already happened. Article uh, 50 has already been activated. Now, two years of negotiation is obviously going to be fraught with issues. Theresa May potentially perceived that Donald Tusk and, in fact, the European uh, Union would possibly make some of the negotiations very, very difficult. That would take it very, very close to the what would have been 2020 election. And one of the things that Theresa May, I think, and particularly a lot of her close advisors, has said, going into an election with some troubled discussions to effectively extricate Britain from Europe could actually cause her more angst at the polls. Yes. So I think the, one of the reasons why she, not the only reason, but one of the things that hasn't really been highlighted too much, but I think is definitely in their consideration, was basically to say, if I can have a clear mandate beyond 2020, effectively taking it to 2022, then what that would mean is, is that she would override anything that might uh, come from Donald Tusk and his cronies. And I think that that would probably is a smart move. So this is a more of a strategic reason why calling it now, as risky as it could be, is one of the factors that sort of pushed the button to say, okay, we're going to go for it now. Give me five years, which we would have, uh, with, a, in theory, a more cl a clearer majority, being a stronger party to negotiate and not be held to ransom over some some bureaucrats yeah. <laughs> in Europe. Yeah, yes. No, old uh, Donald Tusk, who um, you know seems the archetypal grey, boring uh, um, uh, yeah. bureaucrat. They call them, don't they? A bureaucrat in Europe. Uh, he tweeted uh, in response to the decision of the UK to hold an election. Uh, uh, in quite a clever tweet, uh, which makes me either reevaluate him or be impressed with his social media manager. But okay. it says, uh, he says, it was Hitchcock who directed Brexit. <laughs> first, first an earthquake and the tension rises. Because, you yeah. know, Hitchcock, the director, famously said, a good movie should start with an earthquake, an earthquake and then the tension rises. You know, that was, yeah. that was his point. That's it. Yeah. His approach to filmmaking, so that's quite a good look. I like it. Uh, well yeah. done, well done, Donald. Um, yeah. It's probably but, the only good thing that he has. Though. Yeah, but <laughs> but he um, he has was an interesting uh, figure. Uh, he cut an interesting figure uh, when he was handed the letter, the Article Fifty letter, yes. <laughs> because was, they took a picture of it. And they didn't allow uh, um, uh, filming of it. But people took several pictures. So you have the picture of him being handed the letter and then the picture of him standing there looking like a little child being scolded and then uh, the British emissary walking, striding away purposely and rather cheerfully. And it just, uh, he just looked a bit pathetic, to be honest. Yeah. And then when he spoke about it afterwards, he was saying about it, wasn't, uh, it, it is not a happy occasion or something. Oh, that's right. It was as though he'd just been through a divorce, which I, I guess it is like that. Um, yes. Now, it's interesting to note that uh, Donald Tusk yeah, does seem to see the general election as being um, a bad thing then for his negotiation for this. Well, action. I think this, this is the point. This is my point, which is why I think that one of the well, they're not telling you folks, yeah. which is that actually behind the scenes, although there is a lot of domestic uh, you know, subjects that are very relevant to why it's important to have an election now. But I think the bigger picture and the more um, strategic reasons are really around Europe. And and I think that there is going to be a lot of battling, a lot of political angst, a lot of um, 
confrontation, shall we say, that I think is going to be dirty. I think there's going to be some um, dirty dealings. And I think that this is where uh, I think uh, Theresa May and her cabinet probably thought, we don't really want to go and have that uh, mud on us as we go into a 2020 no, election. I, I think... I think that's exactly it, and I think that's what is what isn't being that's what isn't being told. What is being told to people uh, by a lot of the mainstream uh, media and questions are being asked by the presenters of the mainstream media shows uh, to uh, uh, people, including Theresa May, uh, about the internal workings of the Tory Party, specifically yeah. that they appear to believe that the reason she called this election was to control the Brexiteers, as they call, call them, the people yeah. who, who I would say, actually understood what we were voting for in the referendum and or, and or aren't trying to pretend that it was something else so you can keep yeah. membership of the EU and call it something else, which a lot of people are trying to do. They're trying to be, remain member of the, uh, of this, of this uh, single market, which... Yeah. No, that's that's part of the EU. Let's get out. Being a member of the single market means includes free movement of people. That's one of the main hmm. things people voted against. Uh, that's just ridiculous. And so, uh, because there's this bias, uh, particularly in the BBC, but in other media as well, uh, to be pro EU, pro membership of the EU, EU, not EMU. Uh, that was something entirely no. different. Uh, thank you, Rod Hall fans. But the the um, the the thing is that if uh, if that were the case, if if she was doing it in order to have a big majority, so that she didn't have to rely on the votes of the uh, Brexiteers, uh, yeah. then um, she didn't need to because there aren't enough of them. Well, <laughs> I, I, I just, would. Just, yeah. It doesn't. Um, what makes more sense is her claim that, uh, that uh, lots of MPs in Parliament. Uh, and the House of Lords were against the leaving the EU in the first place and were trying to hamper the negotiations. And she would have to take um, changes in the law to the House in order so, to successfully leave it. And that if they're going to just ruin, you know, just spoil the decision making by voting against everything, then if she's got a big enough majority and people vote with party along party lines, uh, that is more convenient. But I take your point. I think that the main thing is the timing. Well, uh, and, and me, the yeah, trying to not to have a twenty twenty election. Well, there is that. Where I think there's a couple of things that we just need to conclude on here, which is that um, it, the risk is another factor, which is to do with uh, Europe. And I know that I'm sure this has been calculated, but as we know, the referendum was a very tight vote, uh, and uh, and a lot of people did want to stay in Europe. Now, of course, for those people who still have that fresh in their minds, it's possible that whether they are Tory voters or not, might think, actually, this is an opportunity to get their own back and effectively have an, uh, sort of a, a, an anti-Brexit uh, sort of vote, although uh, the irony is, is it's already in motion. But um, it is a risk, so people are a bit um, election-weary, as we've already <laughs> highlighted at the beginning of the show. Um, but there is this point about um, trust. And I, I do want to sort of ask this from, um, I dare say, a moral point of view. And possibly you can even say even from a sort of a, a faith point of view, which is if you're going to have faith in politicians, you trust them uh, to basically honor 
what they say. So just let me ask you from that point of view how some people might think, actually, yeah, I, I going into this election, who can I trust anymore? So possibly from is there is there something from the Bible that we can learn here? Well, I think when it when it comes to the Bible, yes, the Bible does absolutely teach that you should be truthful. And I I think that Theresa May Yeah, are you listening politician has uh, shown along with other politicians a willingness to simply not tell the truth we don't know to the extent that she was uh, lying you know was she had she been deliberately planning all along to do this or is it just yes. a recent thing but as uh, as recently as last month she was saying no there won't be an election till 2020 so uh, it does seem that she was being less than truthful daniel chapter 20, chapter 2 verse 21 says of God, He changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So the teaching of the Bible is: yes, you should be truthful. But even with our untruthful politicians, we can still have good coming out of it. In the end, God is in overall charge. So, in your calculation of who to vote for, uh, I don't think it's just simply who told a lie on this specific occasion. It's the overall sense of the wisdom. In other words, do they know what they're doing? Are their policies the right ones for the country? That's what you should make your decision on, not whether you're annoyed that you were lied to on a particular mm. occasion. Yes. Yes. Well, listeners, I know that a lot of you are going to be frustrated about this uh, subject, and I'm sure you'll vent your anger and uh, there will be more debate over the weeks to come. But remember that date. That's the 8th of June 2017, when we will go into the election one more time. So yes. with these final thoughts, look out, future. Here we go again. The past seemed so much simpler then. Remember when politicians were only men? Now a woman is ruling number 10. Grab your ballot and a poison pen. Take your aim and just say when. Yes, so join us again next time for more colourful conversations with Mark and Pete. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.